the Bible. In Matthew's Gospel, and it's, uh, it's, in, in, it's in Mark as well, called the Great Commission. We can stick it up on the screen. And uh, it's, it's a great passage, a great scripture in Matthew 28. Um, and it simply says this. Jesus is talking to his closest followers. And he's basically giving them their instructions. He's about to go back. He's about to ascend back to the Father after his three and a half years of incredible life in this world of of ministry life and he says God authorized he's saying to his closest followers God authorized and commanded me to commission you to go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life marking them by baptism in the threefold name Father Son and Holy Spirit then instruct them in the practice of all I've commanded you And I'll be with you as you do this day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. So this wasn't just a one-off thing. This was a permanent uh, commission, instruction from Jesus. I love that promise. He said, I'll be with you as you do this. It's almost a conditional promise there, isn't it? You know, as, as we do this. So, you know, going out and telling people about Jesus is a great thing to do. And it's part of, you know, Jesus promised to be with us as, as we do this. So, um, you know, reaching people or reaching out to other people with the message of Jesus is really an obvious thing to do. And I want to read you from John chapter 1, verse 40. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard, this is John the Baptist, John's witness and followed Jesus. And the first thing he did after finding where Jesus lived was find his own brother. See, the, the first thing Andrew did when he heard, when he found out about Jesus, he went and found his own brother Simon, telling him, we found the Messiah, that is Christ. And he immediately led him to Jesus. It was the most natural, obvious thing for Andrew to do, was to get his brother and lead him to Jesus. And I want to say this morning, friends, that I think it's an, it, it, ought, it should be, and, and I believe it can be a natural and obvious thing for us to lead the people around us to Jesus as well. Now, you might say, well, you know, what difference can I make? What difference can any of us really make? There's, what, 8 billion people in the world. You know, I'm just one person here in a little place called Toowoomba. How can I really make a difference in the world? I want to just share with you a little illustration. And um, in the city of Chicago in the U.S., there's a, uh, a museum, and, and for many years there was a little um, stand in the museum demonstrating a principle about exponential growth. And the reason why we think we can't make a difference is because we generally we don't understand the power of exponential growth. I would say there's probably not very many people in this room, me included, I'm not saying I understand it, but there's not many of us here that really understand the power of exponential growth. That means when, when you get something, it starts multiplying and multiplying again and again and again, it very quickly becomes something beyond what you can even count. So let me just put that little illustration up on the screen. It's, a, it's just a, uh, a chessboard or a drafts board or a chessboard. 64 spaces. Is, is that, is they, are they the same as each other? Maybe they're not. It's a chessboard, 64 spaces. And someone got a, a grain of rice and put one grain of rice on there, and on the next square they put, they doubled it, and in the next square they doubled it again, then they doubled it again, 
and kept on doubling it. And um, they kept on, what, what you're seeing there is actually what happened. Uh, it very quickly gets to the point where it couldn't fit on the chessboard. And so uh, if, you, if you do the maths of this and you keep on doubling this, um, there's, a, there's a little sign above this illustration that, uh, with a button, a little button that said, how much rice would there be on the chessboard by the time it reached the 64th square? And when you push the button, a little screen comes up and tells you how much rice would be on the chessboard. Anyone want to guess? <laughs> I'll give you the answer. It's not, it's not grains of rice. It's, it is not grains of rice. By the time you get to the 64th square, it's enough to cover the entire subcontinent of India, 55 feet deep. It's 153 billion tons of rice, which is the world's rice harvest, the full, complete world's rice harvest for the next 1,000 years. Now, that, that's the point. We, we can't get our head around what happens when something really starts to grow. So when, when, if I can just disciple one person who, who's got something of a fire in their belly to go and talk to someone else and disciple them, and they can disciple someone else, what happens is becomes exponential very quickly. And that's what happens. So, so don't say, you know, I could never make a difference. Because you can. You can make a difference. And we all can. And so um, I'm going to ask Haley to come out. And just gonna, she's going to begin to share some of the things that God's put in her heart. And uh, to do with this issue of sharing your faith with other people. Because if, if my comfortability and my presence is more important to me than me sharing Jesus, then there's something wrong with that. And I need to check myself because I should be uncomfortable for him, regardless of if I look hideous in my mind or if I'm in pain. Um, because actually, if you are in pain and you have a faith in your pain and you have a faith in your suffering, that testimony is powerful. Do not underestimate what you can speak through your faith to people who are suffering as well. All right? So we're going to move on. So, um, yeah, when I started, um, so there's this word called chutzpah in um, Hebrew, and I love it. Um, and it's called that fire in the belly. And I'm like, man, I have that fire in the belly and I, I know it's to see people saved. Um, and so I'm like, yep, I want to get out there, but I actually don't know how to. Like, what does that look like? Like, is there a right way to do it or a wrong way to do it? And in the beginning, I was so sure there was a right and a wrong way. But over time, I've realized there actually is no right and wrong way. You just go, literally, just do it. Just step out and go. Um, but I also recognize that it's helpful to have a scaffold. <laughs> so that's what we're going to share about today. So um, there's this thing called the Hope Movement. Um, and there's a bunch of hope cards that are up in the back table that you're welcome to take a bunch of them with you but um, in there is a few of these kind of cards on how to share Jesus. Um, so I'm going to walk you through these today um, and then after I walk you through it I'm going to share a testimony of what it actually looks like in action because if you're anything like me I get these cards and I'm like okay God 
how am I going to flip this out mid-conversation to someone and go, hang on, I just need a palm card. All right, so now I'm up to saying, oh yeah, I met Jesus. Okay, so just hang on, let me tell you how I met Jesus. Like that's, that's awkward and weird. Um, you can make it your own, right? And so this is literally a scaffold. And, and I, I would say to God, God, I need your help. <laughs> I want to be able to know this, but I can't memorize it. So Lord, just help me. And, and he's faithful, guys, and he answers that and he leads you. It's really not hard. And that comes from a person who was terrified of getting out in front of people. I had such a fear of man. I had such a fear of being seen that I actually didn't want to get out there. And most of all, it came from a fear of what people would think of me. I don't know if any of you struggle with that, being worried about what, what someone thinks of you or being judged or whatever. Um, but that is not important when it comes to the salvation of people and sharing the hope of Jesus with others. So um, the first, what are we doing for hope? Yes. So this is the acronym for hope. Um, really easy to remember. In fact, it's easy for me because it's on my wrist. So that's cool. That was a good start. Um, <laughs> so H is uh, hello. So you start a conversation. Um, I'll just, yep. So you start a conversation with someone. That's really easy. All right. Just, just hey, how you going? Um, and that's the thing, right? So the hardest thing is starting the conversation. Once you start, it just rolls because the Holy Spirit comes right on in there and takes over. And before you know it, you've shared the whole gospel and your testimony and everything. It's so easy. The hardest step is saying hello, getting out of your comfort zone, right? The next step is observe an opportunity. So just be observant. And, and if we're relational, we're listening to what the people are saying anyway. Like we're not going in with an agenda going, right, there's a person, I'm going to tell them about Jesus. You're going in there and you're like, there's a person and I want to know about that person. I want to see where they're at. I want to actually love on that person because love looks like no agenda. Love looks like laying down your life to know about the other person, right? So then within hope, there is this cross inside the O. And the cross represents the gospel or the, your testimony. So it does say there, briefly share three circles. That's one of the three tools that we're actually not sharing today. We're going to share about your hope story because the hope story and this acronym literally go hand in hand. Um, so then the next one is pray. Um, and ask if they have any needs you can pray for. Now, if you're being observant, you might see someone with an ankle brace. And so you won't, you'll have a bit of a chat and you'll be like, hey, I have a faith and I believe my Jesus can heal you. Could I pray for you? Seriously, that simple. Man, it's, it takes boldness. But guess what? You're filled with the power of God. You've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, right? You can do this. So then you pray. It's real simple. And then the last one is E, and it's exchange details. So you can exchange your own details. You can connect with them. And this is where discipleship comes in, right? And like Pastor Peter was saying, it's that one person that you disciple that then goes out and disciples other people. Like it's um, exponential growth. Is that what you call that? Yeah. Um, so that's the acronym for HOPE. Okay? Now... I'm going to give you an example of what that looks like in real life. Um, I'm just scanning the crowd to see if there is the person here because I don't want to make them feel 
awkward. No. All right. So, last <laughs> last weekend, um, we were praying. So, we have outreach every fortnight. We were in here praying um, and we'd, we'd walked out, me and another lady called Leanne. Um, we walked out and we walked up to this corner here and there was a man walking across the street um, with a suitcase. And literally, like I say, the hardest thing is just to start. So, I'm like, barreling I don't know what I just get right on in there I'm like hi how you going (laughs) and the poor man's like oh my gosh hello (laughs) like I'm going somewhere and you've hijacked my my journey um but I'm like hey how are you and he's like yeah I'm good awkwardly and he's got headphones in I don't even know if he can hear me probably he can hear me going um, and so he, but he engaged, and and so I, I, you know, had a chat because you know he, he's he's man who's come from somewhere. I'm like, hey, where have you been? <laughs> and that might sound incredibly weird and awkward, but I don't really care because to me, I think this man needs to know about Jesus, and it doesn't matter where he is on his life. I don't know about you guys, but there's times in my life as a Christian that I'm like. God, I just want you to send someone, to send someone to me that intercepts my path and tells me that God loves me. I know God loves me, but sometimes we just need that, right? So anyway, had a chat with him and and just, I said, I gave him a hope card. Oh man, the hope cards are up there, but they're the most fantastic evangelism tool. Um, Dave, do you mind just grabbing one for me? Because... Seriously, it's the easiest way to, like, hijack someone's journey. <laughs> Thank you. So I carry these everywhere, and I'm like, hi, how are you going? I just want to give you a hope card. They're like, Ooh, okay, thanks, I'll take that. And I'm like, if you go to the back of it, there's a QR code, and it takes you to a website with a bunch of 60-second hope stories of people's lives who have been impacted by encountering Jesus. And I say to him, do you know about Jesus? And he goes, oh, a little bit. And I'm like, well, tell me what you know. And he goes, oh, I know that he died on the cross for my sins. I'm like, man, that's probably the most important part. <laughs> I'm really glad you know that. And I said, could I tell you a bit more about that? And he's like, sure. And I'm like, great, step into my office, which was like the brick wall over there. <laughs> so we sat down, this man going somewhere home with a suitcase and we shared we shared the whole gospel we shared about God and and we shared the crux of it right because Jesus just did some random guy didn't just come to die on the cross for our sins he came out of his great love for us right and I said to him I said you know he died because he loved you and he like his face looked quizzical and I'm like I explained to him about God the Father and how God loves you and I, ex- I explained it all. And he goes, so what you're saying is like there is a God in heaven that has unconditional love for me. And I'm like, yeah, man, you're getting this. Like there is a bunch of Christians who don't even get this as deeply as you're getting this. Wow. Um, and anyway, I shared a bit of my testimony with him, which is where the hope story, which we're going to share just comes hand in hand with this because you can share the gospel but then you can also interject your hope story because we all got 
a story, right? We all have a journey of how we came to have a faith, yeah? Um, we didn't, even if we did grow up in church and we were exposed to it, we still have our own journey of how we came to that place of going, yep, actually, Jesus is my Lord and Saviour, yeah? And you can flex that in to sharing in through the gospel because then it becomes relatable. It's not just you standing there regurgitating scripture and scripture is fantastic and it's and powerful and it cuts, right? It cuts right where it needs to cut. But when you share your story, you're being vulnerable and you're being authentic and you're being real and people like that because we live in a society where people are, are are not real. They hide behind a facade and not very many people are out there willing to be completely laid out bare. Yeah. So I shared this with him, right? My testimony. Um, and then I said to him, um, could we pray for you? And he shared about how, you know, he was having um, a few issues finding accommodation. Having the suitcase was not part of that issue. He had just come back from visiting family. But anyway, we, we prayed for him, and after we prayed, he said, um, so what next? And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, what next? <laughs> and I, I said to him, well, if you would like, you could give your life to Jesus. And he's like, how do I do that? And I said, well, this is how we do it. And I said, in the, in the Word, it says that when you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, you are saved. And he's like, okay, well, can I do that? And I'm like, yeah, man, let's do that. So we did it out there <laughs> and what is even cooler is we had a team of prayers in our building and pastor peter just so happened to be here that night so after we prayed for him he and he's kind of like clueless i'm like let's connect you in with our church so we walked down here and we brought him in it was so funny because um dave and peter had just been praying um that all of heaven was rejoicing over the salvation of souls. And here we stroll in with a saved soul. <laughs> and it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, praise Jesus. So that's how we exchange details. <laughs> that's how you do the hope. Um, so you see how easy that is? Like it just literally, if you can get out of your comfort zone and into their zone, the rest of it flows because he's there just like that um that song said and the scripture says that god goes before us and he is behind us and his hand is upon us yeah so when we step he's already there the only obstacle is us our insecurities our fears our anxieties our pain our suffering it's us get get outside of yourself and get inside of him, well, he's already inside of you, and just go, literally, go. Okay, so the next one is how to share your hope story. This is my favorite one because this is how I started. Um, my testimony is actually on this card, so I have a, an advantage. So when I share this, I can be like, so my hope story is on there. Why don't we go watch it? <laughs> They're like, oh, you're a bit much. <laughs> um so your hope story. Uh, yeah, so that's this side. So what it, it starts with saying um, an introduction. So there was a time in my life when dot, dot, dot. 
right? So when I struggled with depression or I had an addiction or anything like that. Um, Number two is before I met Jesus, I was like this. Then, Then I met Jesus. So number three, down the bottom of the cross. Then I met Jesus and I experienced this. Um, And then number four, now I'm set free and I live like this. So you might be thinking, how am I ever going to remember those kinds of words? And you're right. You won't remember those words, but you will make it your own. You will. And and I'm going to share with you how we made it our own. And um, I had a bunch of examples here, depending on if people in the audience were present or not, and they're not. Sorry. And so there was a girl and she was sitting down, she was having a cigarette um, and, and the bouncer was there. And I rummaged through my bag. I like to make a joke about, out of it. I think I can be a bit funny, though some people don't think I'm very funny sometimes. Um, so I'm rummaging through my bag, getting out the hope cards, because literally it's the most easiest evangelism tool. And I, I go up to them and I'm like, hey guys, I, I just, I got a present for you. Was it your birthday recently? They're like, no. And I'm like, oh, a bit late or early, whatever. Here you go, hope card. <laughs> and um, give them a hope card and it already softens it because you're using humor even if you look like an idiot and even if you're not real funny you can laugh at yourself and they're already softened and they're and it's just easy to slide on in there um so we shared the hope card with them and and I started trying with this man and he's like no I'm an atheist I believe in science and I'm like that's okay did you know that that, um, science has actually proven and I might get this wrong Jeff but he had he just believed me (laughs) but I said um the the molecular structure of a protein in a cell is the same shape as a cross is that right kind of yeah yeah and he's like (laughs) and I'm like bless you man I'm still gonna pray for you and he let us pray for him even though he was an atheist who believed in science that is the Holy Spirit right there softening right but that's not the hope story right so the girl she was sitting down um on the gutter thing and I sat down next to her and I said to her um yeah so if you follow this QR code there's a bunch of 60-second hope stories and my stories on there. So you go searching, and that was my story. I went searching, and I found myself at, I guess you would say, the foot of the cross. And I didn't want to go there because I didn't want to believe in God because of, you know, I had hurt and pain towards um, the idea of religion through other people. So I have that testimony as well of of being the recipient of people who have misrepresented Christ. And I have decided, well, that representation of Christ is Christ. So I don't like that religion because you suck. And so then he must suck, right? And so when I was searching and seeking and desperate, it was the last thing I wanted to go to. But what was more important was that I had some kind of meaning and purpose because I've got to live with myself, right? And I had two kids. Um, So I found myself looking into Jesus. And I will never forget what happened when I threw all these questions at this person, this beautiful, lovely person. And I'm like, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And she had an answer for it all. 
And when you have been given all the answers to all your questions, you have the choice because you, you don't have anywhere to go from there. You can either go, okay, I've got all the answers, but it's not good enough. Like, or I got all the answers and I have to do something with these answers. And so I decided in that moment, okay, I'll give it a go. What do I have to lose? I've lost everything. Like, I don't know who I am anymore. I need to know who I am. And apparently your Jesus can tell me who I am. Um, so I'll give it a go. And this girl led me in a prayer and I felt, literally felt the weight of my sin lift from my shoulders. You know the scripture that says that he casts your sins as into the sea of forgetfulness. As far as the east is from the west, he removes your sins from you. I felt that. I felt that tangibly. And it was amazing and empowering. And I said to my mom, I didn't grow up in a Christian home and they're still not Christians, okay? But I said to my mom, mom, I've just given my life to Jesus and I've said to Jesus, you can have anything. Everything in my life that tried to take me out, that tried to tear me down, that tried to bring me shame, he can have it all. He can use it all. I said, yeah, God, use me. Use everything that tried to destroy me. Take, have, you have it all. Have your way. And so I said that to this girl and she was laughing about it and all of that stuff. Um, and then um, I said, now, you know, I live knowing who I am, that my identity is founded in Christ. And I said all this to her and I said to her, would you, would you like to receive Jesus? And she's like, I actually like what I do. And I'm like, that's okay. Well, I'm just, is it okay if I pray for you anyway? And she's like, yeah, sure. So I prayed for her. Now I share that part because that might sound like that's a rejection. And that might sound like I put all this effort in for her to go, yeah, whatever, I don't really care what you're saying. But this is what's the coolest part because I get so excited when people go, nah, or, or say, no, I don't want your prayer, or yeah, no, I'm happy with where I'm at, or no, I'm not ready to give my life to Jesus. I get excited because when I go, Holy Spirit stays. He stays there and he continues to minister to them. And then we bring that story back to our prayer team and we pray for them. And we're praying for them while we're walking the streets and we're praying for them through our days. Those people, even though in that moment rejected the message I was bringing, they are still not lost. God's working on them. And the more that there are people standing up and going, the more that girl is going to hear that Jesus loves her. Yeah? Um, what time is it? <laughs> the time is not on, so I was wanting to keep track. Um, it's true. Um, Yeah, cool. All right, so there's one more, one more testimony I want to share. Um, and this one's loaded. That's super cool. So it, I, uh, I bookended it with comfortable, right? I, that wasn't my intention. Um, but that's when I woke up this morning and I was praying to God, comfortable. It just kept coming into my mind, comfortable, comfortable. So I'm going to end with this story. So um, I try and share Jesus as much as I can, right? 
Um, and so I have this favorite coffee shop that I go to. Um, I won't plug it in case there's coffee owners here. Um, <laughs> um, there's three of them and there's drive throughs <laughs> And I, I go through the drive through and um, I often have the kids in the car with me. Anyway, I, I go to the first window and, and I offer to pray for them. Oh no, hang on. I'd, I'd get already given them hope cards and I'd already told them Jesus loved them, right? Because that's another tool, right? You can just say to someone through the drive-thru, hey, Jesus loves you. Or when you're at the shop and you're buying a pair of jeans and you're like, man, how do I tell them about Jesus? And you pay for it and you're like, man, I'm running out of time. And they give you the bag and then you're like, oh, I've got to go. Jesus loves you. And you run out. There's like, you don't, that is a seed planted. Don't underestimate the power of the name of Jesus. It says that when you say Jesus, every knee must bow in heaven, on earth and below at the name of Jesus. Just speaking his name into that place has power. Don't underestimate that. So, um, yeah, so I'd given these people hope cards. I'd told them Jesus loved them. And I'm like, okay, God, what next? They're going to have a collection of hope cards on their back wall. And he said to me, pray for them. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, so the first window, I asked her if I could pray for them, and she's like, screws her face up. And I'm like, that's okay. I get excited when people do that because I still pray for them. I just drive up to the next part, and I'm praying for them. Um, and then I get to the next window, and I ask if I could pray for them, and they said yes. I'm like, awesome. So I pray. Anyway, I did this to two different coffee shops, not in the same day. Like, man, I would be on the, in hospital. Um, but anyway, it was this, this last coffee shop that I hadn't been to before or yet um, and had the kids in the car. Anyway, Cooper's in the back of the car and he says to me, um, he goes, Mum, are you going to tell them about Jesus? And I was in a mood. I was cranky. I was feeling not like sharing Jesus with people. Um, in fact, does anyone ever feel like... Um, they're having a bad day emotionally and they're snappy and they're like, I can't share Jesus with people in this state because I am so unholy right now. Um, and, and sometimes that thought comes to me, right? And so anyway, I'm sitting there and he's, he said, are you going to share Jesus with people? And everything in me goes, Ugh. <gasps> okay. And this conversation happened in my mind, this realization. I'm like, okay, my response is going to teach my son something. And he's seen me snappy all morning. And he's seen me drop my shoulders. And if I say no, then that says to him that how I feel dictates if I share Jesus or not. And that's not okay. And so I said to him, so I already made up my mind, I've got to, I've got to share Jesus because my, my child's watching me, right? But then I said to him, why? <laughs> I said, Cooper, why do you want me to share Jesus with them? And they're like, well, I've been watching you, mum, and I've noticed when you go to the first window and you offer to pray for them, they say no. But when you go to the second window, they always say yes. And I'm like, man, I didn't even notice that. He noticed that. I'm like, 
that's interesting. So I got a bit excited. I'm like, oh, I'm going to see if this works. So we got to the first window and they said no. And Cooper's there going, oh my gosh. And so we get to the second window and I offer to pray for them. And they say yes. And, I, and so I prayed for them and we drive off and Cooper's beaming in the backseat. He's like, I told you, mum. And I'm like, that's pretty amazing, mate. And so I learned two things in that moment. And the first one is this. You do not know who is watching you. You don't know. And so when you act on your faith, that is teaching people around you. It might not be your kids. If you don't have kids, it might be the people around you. It might be your friends. It might be your family, your unsaved family. But your kids are also watching you. And, and they might not be at a place where... Um, they're ready to receive. They might be older kids who, who are wrestling with their faith and they're like, no, I don't want to believe in God. But they see you go despite the ailments or the issues or anything like that. They see you still going and sharing and that speaks, okay? The second thing is this. Don't give up on the first no. When you step out and you get a no, don't give up because on the other side of the no is a yes. And if you give up on the first no, that second person might be someone who desperately needs Jesus. And you got offended and hurt because you were rejected and you regress into yourself and it comes all about you and not about that person who needs Jesus. Does that make sense? So there is a reward for your faithfulness and your perseverance on the other side of a no, okay? So I really want that to land. Um, and that's it. That's it from me. That's pretty good, hey? What do you reckon? Pretty, pretty powerful stuff. Really appreciate, Haley. not only what you've shared this morning, but also your faithfulness in doing what you do. And I, I, as I think haley has been communicating this this morning. The whole point of this is not, not to say, oh, look at her. That's, that's wonderful what she does. What about the rest of us? What about you? What about me? You know, I've done a little bit of that in my lifetime. Some, but I, I don't have the stories quite as powerful as that, but um, certainly have... On, on occasions done that but uh, the whole point of this is to encourage you to step out a little bit and mm-hmm.